Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Get Out. Get Out where? Get Out of Town! Get Out Anywhere! Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction! We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello from the red carpet of the Oscars. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 275-275. Nice round number. 275. Sounds strong. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. That, yes. that that marks the need for us to start considering what to do for our 300th episode. <laughs> that's that's what that yeah, that's means. Right. Yeah. In uh, space. And uh, for uh, the for episode 275, we're talking uh, Get Out, the uh, debut directorial feature from uh, Jordan Peele of Key and Peele fame, who has uh, made a, a horror slash satire of sorts. And uh, as I've been doing, I've made these titles, so now we have Get Pod. Is the title for this week's episode for those uh, keeping track. Pass. <coughs> Who said that? All right. I'm going to keep making the titles. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. No, feel free. And, I'll uh, just give you a quick critique. There'll be some good ones coming up. All right. We got a King Kong movie. We got, there's all kinds of options for these guys. I, I believe you. I have full faith and confidence. I'm all right. So you got to like... let them warm up. That's all I'm saying. And uh, <laughs> joining us. Uh, to talk Get Out this week, we have from Lenoir Artur, fresh out of everyone's favorite neighborhood, it's Terrence Johnson. <laughs> that was that was pretty great intro. 275. Man, I, I that's know. a lot of episodes. Yeah. Uh, we've, uh, it's almost as if we've been doing one a week for uh, five years. Yeah, we're almost going on six. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very impressive. We're, yeah, we're, we're doing <laughs> our best while. here. But Terrence, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Um, how's, your, how's your fade? Is it fresh? It is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Trying to, you know, make sure that I don't get abducted or um, go into any neighborhoods that are really, really weird. Um, so yeah, just you know, an average day. Yeah, that's good. good <laughs> that sounds like that. an average day. So we're gonna say up front a couple things. One, yes. Abe has not seen Get Out, which is important. That's right. He's not seen it as of yet, right? And you might be asking yourself, Abe, why didn't you watch Get Out? And my answer is, I did try to watch it. It was sold out. So like what Aaron said, they told me to get out, which is uh, so strange. But unfortunately, I didn't I didn't have a chance to watch it yesterday. Uh, and I'll probably watch it in the in-between time uh, of today's events. Well, selling out, I mean, bodes well for the film because it did open at number one this weekend with 30 million point five. Yeah, I was fine. Which, uh, you know, quite strong, again, for a Bloomhouse film especially, because, you know, they, they're they relatively cheap to make. But um, not hurting at all is probably the very positive word of mouth by, that's, you know, established going into the movie, I believe, it, if I'm going to check Rotten Tomatoes right now. But, it yes, it still has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes oh. with 135 reviews, which, in general, is a tough thing to achieve, let alone for a horror film. That's, <laughs> let, let alone a modern horror film. That's very impressive for a... Jordan Peele's uh, directorial debut. Um, Certified fresh. But we'll, uh, not that Rotten Tomatoes is the sole <laughs> deliverance of, like, what movie's good and bad, but, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a nice tool to have every now and then, but that's sure. that's certainly yeah. an interesting fact right there. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, get to Get Out uh, later on. I will point out, we are recording this before the Oscars have happened. Even though this show has come out presumably after Abe and I, along with uh, <laughs> the lovely Anna and Mark Hoban, have recorded our post-Oscar show, where you've heard Presumably Abe's thoughts on Get Out there. Um, <laughs> um, I'm trying not to make my eyes cross. I'm saying all this. We are recording. Yes, we are recording this before right. the actual Oscars took place. But we can try to pretend like we had a great time watching the Oscars and all those upsets happen, <laughs> right, guys? You just ruined the illusion by saying that we <laughs> we should have just uh, said ridiculous random things like, "Man, that dress that Aaron wore that was a terrible dress." See, that makes more sense. That seems particularly random. It's like I'm not like at, I'm not at the Oscars. <laughs> you got tickets to the event screening, but uh, yeah, that's right. We're, we're recording this before, and there's gonna be a lot of uh, things that we we can't really say because we don't know what happened. Yeah. But we all have our ballots out there 
uh, on Gold Derby. Like when uh, like when uh, Meryl won and broke her Oscar in half and gave it to the rest of the actresses nominated. She's very strong because that thing is made out of, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I guess metal of some kind. She's Meryl Streep. Apparently she can do anything. She can get nominated 20, for Florence Foster yeah. Jenkins. I mean, right. anything's possible. Yeah, she can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but let's see. Let's let's get some other things here out of the way because there's this. We we had a lot of content in the past two weeks here, and so we I'm have go through all that. But she had a whole lot of content. Yeah. So we have uh, we had our Oscar prediction show as well as our Oscar wrap up show. Uh-huh. We had a speed commentary track. Right. And we had our interview with uh, Thomas Torrey, the director of Fair, which is now available right. streaming on iTunes and other on demand uh, streaming services. Yeah. So uh, there's there's a ton of stuff that you can listen to from us uh, the past few weeks here that uh, we're very happy to you know, have provided and everything. So uh, yeah, hopefully everyone's fun. been enjoying it, and uh, it's just been a couple of uh, very busy weeks yeah, well, to make up for some very slower weeks, I guess, in the past. Yeah, I mean you've been gone for a number of weeks uh, recently, right. so it's you know nice to make it up, especially because you've, you've been the... involved with all these things too. You're on the commentary track and the interview and everything, so it's like oh, I think I only had like one good joke on that commentary, but I liked it. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What else? iTunes reviews ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for Out Now There and Abe. You can uh, find our program. You can give us a star rating, which would be great. You can also write us a, a little review. That'd also be uh, quite awesome. Thank you very much. Let's uh, let's get to this real quick before we uh, move on. Um, apparently, and we're recording this a couple days. You're hearing this a couple days after it happened. But Bill Paxton um, passed away. That's correct. Not apparently, he did. Yes. Uh, well, it was apparently to me because I just discovered yeah. it before we did this. We started this podcast. Uh, That's right. Complications due to heart surgery, apparently, which is, uh, yeah, not great. And of course, right. I, I, I was quite a fan of Bill Paxton. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there are fans of Bill Paxton for both his, you know, kind of the, the various uh, one-liners he was popular for, and movies like Alien and what have you. But you know, also just being a, a very consistent and, uh, and strong and fun presence in films. Um, I have very little prepared to talk about Bill Paxton because I wouldn't. Well, I mean, what were some of your favorite movies of his, I mean, and and when did you first notice him? Him specific, I mean, for one thing, he's one of the more he's one of the notable actors who's been killed by both the Terminator or three things: a Terminator and a, and a Predator and an, and an alien, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah, an alien. Three, yeah. Of course, yeah. aliens. Of course, yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, he and he and Lance Hendrickson share that uh share that honor. Yeah, um, but yeah, as far as you know. Bill Paxton roles go. I mean, Aliens obviously comes to mind. Um, Twister keeps popping into my head now. (laughs) (laughs) Predator 2 is one where I... I Because I saw saw the movie when I was young, and I remember him being a part of that film. You know, after seeing Aliens, like, this is in both of these movies. This is this guy. He's doing his thing. And uh, True Lies comes to mind also as Sleazy Carl Salesman. True Lies, yeah. Well, I remember first uh, seeing him in Aliens, and I remember just thinking, like, this guy's out of his mind. Like, I wouldn't want him on my team. And later, I saw him in Predator 2 as well, and I, I, I was actually kind of bummed out by what happens to him in Predator 2, because I thought that he was a good guy. He's, he's a good teammate, and he's a good cop, and then, unfortunately, he had to be killed off on the BART train. But uh, I loved him in Never, or Lived, I Repeat. Which Edge of Tomorrow, uh, yeah. Edge of Tomorrow, right? But uh, I thought he had spectacular, you know, character roles, uh, and he was a he was a highlight in that movie. Um, and then in Big Love, which is his his most recent um, yeah, most TV series. Oh, I guess he was on Agents of Shield and whatever else. Too, he was on Training Day. That was Training Day. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, uh, I should. He say. plays Denzel Washington, of course. <laughs> Fifteen years later, right? but Big Love is is where I was. Kind of seeing a little bit calmer version of him, uh, aside from Apollo 13. Yeah, there's a, he's got a lot. I mean, uh, weird science is one that comes up. Uh, a lot of the Cameron film, yeah, Titanic is in there. Uh, simple Plan, there we go. A Simple Plan is, is probably my favorite Bill Paxton film, which I think is a, a terrific film with director Sam Raimi. Him and uh, Billy Bob Thornton are uh, fantastic in that movie, um, which is just about a horror, you know, a, a situation of finding money and the way events spiral out of control. He also directed a few things. He directed Frailty, which is a fantastic horror film. Yes, it is. Um, a fantastic horror debut, no less, too. I, you know, he did, I don't think he did. He directed a, there was what, a, that golf movie with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> That's the, I'm trying to think of the, the other thing he directed, because he didn't direct very many. Uh, the Greatest Game Ever Played. There it is. Um, yeah, no, it's a lot of credits to his name. 
um, a big fan for a lot. He's a fan favorite for a lot of people for a lot of different roles. But uh, yeah, Bill Paxton. That's a it's a shame. But, uh, he'll be missed. All right, let's uh, let's get to some know everybody. Each week we ask you, we try to ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know no everybody. Uh, Abe, why don't you start this one off? I've got a question for you guys this week. If your girlfriend or boyfriend wanted you to go meet their parents in a secluded cabin out in the woods, you know, and they, they assure you that they're okay, just for a three-day weekend, would you do it? Well, why is it a cabin, for one thing? I'm trying to... <laughs> like, why, why you mean not a, state, a, a stately manner? Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to set a tone here. Just... You know, it's it's their cabin. They're not they're not Airbnb yet. Uh, I wonder why a cabin needed to be the place to do this. Like, it, it depends on what you think of a cabin. I mean, well, it could be a nice log cabin, or it could be like a spooky cabin in the woods. For the first meeting, I would rather it be in a public place. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted. Yes. Well, somewhere that's not a secluded cabin seems like yeah. the way. <laughs> like that's just, it's, how, it's however you interpret it. Like, well, I don't know what I was so supposed, to, supposed to interpret when you say cabin. Like in the movie, it's a giant estate. Like that's what seems different to me. Like this is you're saying a cabin. <laughs> yeah, but I'm yeah. saying a cabin. Like it could just be a, a cabin at Lake Tahoe, which is pretty nice. But if you're thinking about a spooky janky cabin, well, movies. Like, you said the word secluded cabin. So, I mean, yeah. regardless if it's a spooky it's, cabin, you're still saying it's out, like, in the middle of nowhere somewhere, where it's like, why aren't we all meeting up beforehand somewhere first, and then, like, heading off to the cabin afterwards or something like that? It's a three-day weekend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, what's your answer? I guess no. I, wa- I want some other previous meeting to occur before we head off to the secluded cabin. Okay. All right. So, you're also suspicious. Get it. I have a question. Yes. Have either of you ever been hypnotized or seen someone be hypnotized? No. No. Neither? Neither. Never seen Neither. Have you? Yeah. We saw, saw, we saw someone get hypnotized at a at grad night back in high school. They did like they had a hypnotist come in. What? Is that person now <laughs> in a mental institution? No, because, you know, it's not the okay. movies. <laughs> what? What kind of grad night did you... Yeah, what kind of grad wow. night is that? It was like, was, I don't, it was towards the end of the grad night. Like, they they... And everyone just felt fine afterwards. There was nothing. Was this high school? Yeah, high school. Co- high school grad. Our high school grad night was at Disneyland. <laughs> and you, you guys are getting hypnotized. Yeah, we didn't get to go to amusement park. We had to do it at the school. I went to go to amusement parks. <laughs> you don't sound bitter at all. <laughs> well, because I never knew what a grad night was. Then it's like I've heard about other people's grad nights where they go to like like you just said do it at Disneyland. It's like, well, that sounds like way more fun than just going back to the high school for all night yeah all right all right that's how you play no everybody no everybody let's move on let's get out no quickies jim each weekend out now we have one we move to talk about boys that's other weeks here during the week that's other people now cookies jim i'm happy with that one it was good hey have you seen any other movies this week this past week uh sling tv had stars for free previews just in case you want to buy an upgraded package of their online tv service and I watched Predator on Stars, and it's still good. I, I enjoy Predator. I've always enjoyed Predator, and I actually really like how the 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 tone of the movie is. Uh, it's much more tense than I remember it this time around. Uh, not because you don't see the Predator for a while, but just because uh, all these actors have to kind of really sell that there's something in the trees, and that's uh, that's something I didn't really pick up on before. And then when Arnold is like walking out, they've made this this concoction, this trap in the woods, and he's kind of walking out on his own. It's like this is a great moment of tension, just for a very brief second here. But uh, the film plays it straight. I mean, that's what that's what helps, right? Does it, it, I actually not... really like that all the actors play straight too. Like uh, they could have Arnold could have had goofy one-liners, which he does when when well, they raid the, the camp. In the first half, when it's just a you know a random Arnold movie, there are the goofy one-liners, and it is like over the top <laughs> with Carl Weathers and him, like you know. Doing the the arm wrestling high five. Yeah, the arm wrestling, which is which is actually uh, Aaron and I. Uh, you know that that's gonna be the next photo of Aaron and I. It's gonna be arm wrestling like that. But uh, yeah, it plays it straight afterward, especially uh, when things get very serious. So, um, and the predator creature is just Kevin. I forget the guy who plays him, but Kevin, Kevin uh, Arnold Taylor, I believe. Kevin, is that what his name is? I wow. His full name. Yeah. Arnold. Wow. Uh, but 
He's got huge hands because he's seven foot two, and so when he's gripping these skulls, no, that's a that's a voice really? actor. Hold on, let me that James Arnold. Okay, I'm mixing right. names together. Hold on, it's, um... it's Kevin something, but um, yeah, again, Peter the actor Hall is way off. Okay, Kevin <laughs> Peter Hall. Yeah, he's seven foot two, so his hands are gigantic. So when he's gripping these prop skulls, it engulfs these prop skulls. So it's it's really spooky to to see. He but was anyway, also, um, he was also um, uh, helicopter Harry oh. from Harry and the Hendersons. He's also the, oh. yeah, he's also the helicopter pilot at the end of Predator. That's true. Yeah, Predator. Yeah. But anyway, Predator, I watched it. It's pretty good. I didn't expect to just sit down and watch the whole thing, and then I got engrossed in it. It's Predator. Of course you did. <laughs> Terrence, have you seen any other movies recently? That's a. I'm trying to figure out what I've seen recently. I saw. I'm so behind on the year. I saw. I think I saw Split last week. Yeah. Um. Cool. Really enjoyed it. James McAvoy's performance in that movie is phenomenal. And it was nice to see M. Night Shyamalan make a good, a good movie again. Um, so, yeah. I enjoyed McAvoy for sure. He's very good. Yeah, the, the scene where he's sitting in the therapist's office and you're watching him transition between characters in his mind is fascinating. I was able to see uh, Imperial Dreams, which uh, was mentioned previously on the podcast. John Boyega. Yeah, with John oh, Boyega. How was that? Um, it's good. Uh, I wouldn't say it's great, but it's quite good. I, it's I've since seeing John Boyega in uh, Attack the Block, I've been curious to see you know what kind of uh, roles he can take, what kind of capabilities he has, because I like really like him in Attack the Block. And obviously he has you know Star Wars, Force Awakens, or what have you. But um, you know this was a, it was a film that came. This is why we brought it up before. There's a film that came out in Sundance back in 2014. It's just now made its way to Netflix, and it features him as a person that just got out of jail. Um, he's from Watts. He has a son. Uh, the mother is also in jail, and so it's about him trying to kind of figure out his life now. Um, he's homeless. He's trying to get away from the the life that got him to jail to begin with. And you know, it's 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 a pretty heavy drama. Um, and I would argue there's kind of too much drama going on, which is why it's not better than it could be. I think it's kind of stacking the deck way too high as far as how many bad things can happen to a person. Um, but it, I mean, he's very good in it. You, you get you get a number of scenes where he gets to kind of really you know, act, and, you know, you get to hear him, uh, you know, see what he's, what kind of, you know, what kind of range he has, and so it, it, for, a, you know, a, an 86-minute film on Netflix, it's worth worth watching, I would say. American accent for John Boyega in the movie? He's from Watts, and he's a former gangbanger, yeah, he's, he's doing an American accent. Okay. So, yes, I, I would, I'd, I'd like to see more of him doing his, you know, English accent. We'll see how Pacific Rim Uprising uh, fares for him, but... Uh... Since he's he's supposed to be what Idris Elba's son in that movie, so presumably he would you know have his English accent for a change. But we'll, we'll see. I just <laughs> just nothing. I don't think there's a movie that was announced that has excited me less than Pacific Rim Two. Pacific Rim Uprising. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Uprising. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of there with Terrence. But yeah, that's uh, that's what I was watching. That's out now, quickies. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go straight, we're going to truncate this a bit. We're going to straight into the movie review. We're going to get right now right. into our uh, thoughts on Get Out. So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> We hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. Do you smoke in front of my daughter? I'm gonna quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good, actually. Are you ready for this? I'm back in the beat. So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how are you not scared of this, man? That should have been some of the trailer for Get Out. Following the end of Key and Peele, both Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele have continued to move forward in their respective careers. The two collaborated once again in last year's Keanu, not to mention various talk show appearances, and have a project in the works of Judd Apatow. That said, both have their separate lives. Key appeared in Mike Birbiglia's Don't Think Twice, uh, and will be in the upcoming Predator reboot, speaking of Predator, from Shane Black. Uh, meanwhile, Jordan Peele has decided to make his directorial debut with the help of Bloomhouse Productions' Get Out. It's a horror satire inspired by the likes of Stepford Wives and Rosemary's Baby, among other films. It follows a black man who arrives in a predominantly white neighborhood in upstate New York to meet his girlfriend's parents, played by Bradley Whitford and Catherine Keener. 
along with already being cautious thanks to some fairly natural thoughts about being the odd brother out, it appears there may be something more sinister afoot involving the various black members of this community. Terrence, what did you think of Get Out? I liked it. I thought it was good. I don't know if it's 100% on you know Rotten Tomatoes great. I don't really care about Rotten Tomatoes, so I guess that doesn't really have any bearing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Understandable. No, I, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought there were a couple of scenes where I was very triggered because I felt like I was like, ooh, I've been in this situation. I think that structurally there are some things that I did not care for, but it all led up to what I thought was a pretty perfect ending. So overall, I was very, uh, I enjoyed watching it. I um, I I liked it quite a bit as well. I, I think I, I might have even liked it a little more than you. I think it does a very good job of presenting a situation and really exploring it to a comfortable length. I think there's there's a way where when you have Jordan Peele making it, you know, directorial debut, he obviously wants to get a lot of ideas out there. It seems like there's a messier version of this movie that could have been longer, but also could have, you know, been angrier and could have had a, even more to kind of dig into with the with the you know with the social the obvious social commentary going on. But I think what he does is he's made a very trim film that is presented almost too neatly, um, where it, it, there is some red herrings and some things you can kind of pull apart. But I mean, I think watching this film, it's a very satisfying experience overall. I think it, it sets up its you know its premise fairly quickly. It gets into the oddities of what's going on. It delivers on its kind of tension as well as a fair share of comedy. And I think it wraps up quite nicely. So yeah, I, I enjoyed this film, and I think it it's a it's a strong directorial effort, um, which I wouldn't didn't see coming um, as far as you know, as far as the, you know what's Jordan Peele going to do next after Key and Peele? He made this really well done horror film. That said, as a fan of Key and Peele, it's not t- it's not too surprising that he's able to do something like this. Where I watch, I, you know, watching that show, there's a lot of cinematic you know skits in that show, ones that really reflect. The, kind of an, an obvious love for filmdom uh, you know he, he worked with 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 key as well as um uh, peter atzacino who uh you know directed keanu and whatnot and they the, the three of them seem to you know share a a big film love in addition to you know the kinds of things they're going to go for with their comedy and i think it really works well here i, I think it, i think it played up as far as peel's experience it showed as him being able to accomplish something that was on his mind and how to kind of let that manifest itself as this film can I ask you guys a quick question? Yep. Okay. Sure. So you noted you noted that there's like a lot of uh, red herrings, you say, or there's some red herrings. I mean, would that be a part of the satire that he's going for? Well, I mean, uh... partially just because of the there's only so many people in this cast, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. I think it, it's more of there's various weird bits that happen where I guess you can try to explain things one way, but there's really just a there's a a certain amount of logic you can apply to why things are happening the way they are. Is that, is that yeah. Okay. I stylistically, I think in terms of, you know, the technical aspects and the, and the music choices in particular, I think were really, really great. Like somebody mentioned that the movie opens up with music from the tales from the crypt episode where the racist Senator was haunted by the doll dolls that were inhabited by former slaves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is That's like brilliant. Yeah, it's like brilliant. You know, you didn't. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. It makes me want to go back and watch Tales from the Crypt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think stylistically it's good. My my like I said, my issue is more concerned with structure and and when we as an audience are let into sort of a the bigger a, the bigger conspiracy versus when the main character finds out. Mm-hmm. Um made the second act feel really, really long for me. Um, so it felt like a waiting game, essentially. Yeah, and it was weird because I I would much rather have just spent all of that time with Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya? Uh-huh. I don't know how to... Um, with him being, you know, increasingly freaked out about what is going on versus them him splitting the time. Well, I mean... Don't you? I mean, don't you know going into the film that you're getting into something? Like, isn't it? Like, yeah, uh, you, you aren't you? You I, do. We do as an audience. Um, but I kind of like discovering it with the character, even when I know what's going. Particularly because then, then in the third act, he introduces a pretty brilliant framing device mm-hmm. for how mm-hmm. to get across 
more information that you really, really need before you sort of are, are heading out of the film. Um, and so I was like, all of that could have been included right there. Uh, but I mean, the, still, I mean, the, cause the, I mean, we're talking around this, but there's an opening sequence essentially. That's not unlike any other horror film uh, where you have, you know, an initial scare of some kind that takes place. And if anything, I think that that, that kind of informs the, the later part where the character reappears. Right. Yes. But that I, was, and I, I, I get what you're saying as far as you should, you could discover things along with the, the character. But that's it. I mean, you don't really, if I'm, I'm walking into this film, I know I'm walking into a horror movie. Uh, so I, I, but I, but I, but I also I don't know what 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 Chris is getting into either. I don't know what the character's getting. In. I just know something's you know wrong. I yeah. Don't, I don't know what the nature of that wrong is. I look at it like if in the witch, we had mm-hmm. seen that witch more than we did. Um, we're sort of. Not, I'm not trying to spoil the witch for any of you know the two people that listen to your podcast that haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, but, I mean, when you say when you mentioned the witch, the movie's called The Witch, so I'm, so yes, I'm already like I'm knowing that I'm going to get a witch. <laughs> but who? But who is the title referring to? That's a good. That's a good question because that's you know, that's what we discussed on that on that review. Yeah, yeah I, I so like I, I I thought that you know I still I like Get Out overall. I think in particular how he sort of uses uh, the main character's fear in, in, in these scenarios. And, and we want to think that things aren't as awful as they are. And he and Jordan Peele throws just enough, you know, that party that they have where they're just asking him all of these questions that are like really, really pointed and weird. But it's like, I'm sure every black person that has seen this movie is like, I've legitimately been asked this at some point in my life. This is Nielsen and Elisa. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so, how handsome is he? I'm, are you handsome? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not bad. Hey, Nielsen. So, is it true? Is it better? Wow, wow. Wow. So from that, I think it works. I think that the there's some the, it didn't there's some build up sort of. I'm trying to. Uh, this is so hard to talk about without spoiling it um, <laughs> because I know that you <laughs> haven't seen it. Um, and sort of what the malevolent the mystery, like what the end goal of that is. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't a hundred percent curl over with me. It like 90% did. Um, but still, cause I think it could, I think the movie could have been a little meaner. Yeah. Um, and which is hmm. part of what I was saying too. There's, yeah. a, there's an angrier version of the, even an even angrier version of this film that can get into yes. things and which would come basically with more explanation. If, I, if anything, I just feel like there's a lot of, you know, kind of fat chopped off the film to tighten it up where there, there probably is more, ideas um, that go into yeah. what's exactly happening here. Um, well, I think that's what surprised me a bit is that, you know, even though it's a horror movie, it's very, it is very much about ideas um, and perspectives. And I think that's what makes it very strong. Um, and also the acting, I mean, Daniel and Allison Williams are just freaking phenomenal. Um, cast. I mean, I think Catherine Keene, yeah. Bradley Whitford, Bradley Whitford, has, you know, he, I think if anyone that watches that watched like the West Wing or just is familiar with him in general, he has a you know he has a level yeah. of energy in his roles, and that works here. It's just so, you know, the idea that these parents, the you know the, the the convincing of Chris to go along with you know the idea is that you know that that are that his parents are they couldn't they couldn't be less racist. That's the idea or whatnot. And yeah, the, the way that he arrives in the situation, and it's like a it's an overcompensation for like how you know, how, how great he is with anybody, it makes it just all the more, you know, somewhat spooky. Like, just, just like, in a, cause, especially because I think because you know that you're you're getting into a situation that is not just going to be, like, strangely uncomfortable and awkward at various times. It's going to be, it's going to lead into a, an amount of horror, so. So how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> how long? <laughs> Four months. Four months. Mm. Uh, five months, actually. She's right. I'm wrong. Attaboy. Better get used to saying that. 
I, please, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. She's right, I'm wrong. <laughs> See? Does he have an off button? This is exhausting. I know, and I want to give you a tour. Can you, like, go. unpack first? You want to unpack before the tour? That's yeah. Okay, which is why I didn't have a problem with the kind of, you know, being in a, you know, waiting for certain things to reveal themselves, because I think the movie does a great job of putting Chris into other stressful situations that don't involve horror, uh, that just involve social awkwardness along with some weirdness from the various characters he meets. Yeah, the social awkwardness, particularly with his interactions with the, the black staffers, mm-hmm. was just, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ugh, that stuff was just, it was really, really great, but it, anytime he was around them, I was like sinking down into my chair. Speaking of sinking down in one's chair, I think that the, the sequence of Catherine Keener, where he, I mean, this is it's, it's not much of a spoiler. It's just a thing that happens. No, in the there's, there's, yeah. a, there's an interaction between Chris and Catherine Keener's character, Missy, um, which is basically separate from the plot. I mean, there's an application that you could say it has to the plot, but there's a, it's its own kind of claustrophobic, isolated horror sequence that works really well. I mean, it and it and it visually it, it accomplishes something that I think is, you know, I haven't seen something like that very recently in a horror film that I think was very effective. I mean, there are there are scares in this movie. I wouldn't say it's like yeah. the scariest movie, but I do think it, you know, it's un, it has some unnerving moments that kind of, you know, got to me to a point. Um, yeah, I think he was going for sort of like, he really was going for overall dread. Yes, um, yeah. Particularly, this won't spoil the end, but like the ending. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a like sense the of end. like you want you know something could be coming. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, it it just ended so perfectly. I I loved how it how it ended. Um, oh, that's that's pretty good praise, right there. Yeah, it 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 really play like the whole movie really plays on just this this sense of creepiness, and I think that's more so why I'm I'm hitting on the fact that like I would rather discover it with the character because he did such a good job of establishing these characters within this space and just Daniel's ever increasing paranoia on his face you know he's trying at first he's trying to be like all nice and and you could just see that sort of the niceness erode into like this is kind of fucked up i probably need to leave (laughs) (laughs) you know that was that was nice to see what do you think of the 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 comedy in this film because there's another character a little rel howery who plays like his best friend who he basically see over phone um, I thought I thought he was hilarious, and it was a nice uh, break um, every now and then. <laughs> it it was interesting because I was definitely wondering when I first heard about this movie about how would we would it be so insular, yeah, you know, um, and how we would see sort of the outside world. And I think that that character was a great way to do it. I think that the only unrealistic thing about him or this movie is that anybody uses Bing to search for anything on the internet because. Nobody I know has ever used Bing. Um, <laughs> and so there, there was a lot of like the product placement in this movie was like teen wolf level foolish, but it was OK because I was like, <laughs> you got the money to make your movie and that's all right. So that provided me some laughs as well. But, yeah, I, I like particularly when that character starts to interact with the main plot more. I, it was brilliant. It was nice. And, you know, it's always nice. I think this movie would peel actually gets to a bit is like. You know, most of us wonder about like how black people would fare in horror movies, given that they're more likely to be killed off first. So it's like, what if they made it through, you know, half of the movie? Yeah. And so that character, his reactions to things are very useful in, in sort of well, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, that. it's a clever way to mask exposition, essentially. Like that's how he yes. functions. But he also acts as like. He acts as like Peel in a skit as an audience member watching a horror movie featuring a black oh. character. Like that's what he is. Yeah, <laughs> he does. But it's funny. Did you guys like, find it, that there was like a good balance of humor and scares, or is it more scares with with like a sprinkle of humor? No, I'd say it's a good balance. I think it's, it's a good balance. It's a good, okay. especially because of the, I mean the, the the social elements. I mean the 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 Very idea right. of a, of a, of one black man being amidst all these white people. Like it, it really. You know, along with some scattered other random folks that happen to be there, it's it plays that really well. As far as, like Terrence, you were saying, there's there are situations that are that you know feel common, that feel that feel they're they're not out of the ordinary. Um, but there's also stuff that's just the looks that some of them are giving as you get to these situations. It, it it's it really feels like Peel has mined a lot of personal things for this film, and obviously stretched it into this outlandish situation that makes a horror movie. But I think it it really works well. 
Uh, it's not like a, it's not a Spike Lee film as far as like it's not trying to it's not trying to enrage the not audience. Overly the long. It's not it's not trying to enrage you for as far as like how far <laughs> people are going. It's just more of like it's, yeah. it's commenting on just th- things that are that that seem to be commonplace and could be different but aren't. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, I, I hilariously mentioned that Bing is the most unrealistic thing yeah. about this movie. Um, but it's like sort of the logic behind the people who are doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and what the end goal is felt very real to that world, which is yeah. something, mm. you know, super important to a horror film. Like we where we were going, I was like, I totally see this happening. <laughs> and it's not out of the realm of possibility, you know for these characters to be experiencing this. I'm intrigued by that because now I'm, now I'm very curious about what the search engine Bing has to do with the, uh, with the, <laughs> the entire... Microsoft, the Microsoft <laughs> Surface tablets and the Windows phone. Yes. When you work for TSA, By the way, I'm also glad you that you budget. pick up on a lot of... Uh, I'm glad that you also pick up on a lot of uh, product placement stuff, Terrence. Well, it just... It's really ridiculous in this movie. You know, I'm it's fine. ridiculous in some other movies too, and and yeah. I also do it uh, quite a bit. I'm like, wow, that was pretty strong product placement right there. So. Yeah, it and you know, kudos to him for, you know, shooting it and getting the money. I'm sure from, sure. Yeah. from them to be able to make this movie. But yeah, I did notice. <laughs> We've talked about this before, eh? But as far as product, like, it doesn't tend to get to me because I don't. Yeah, I, I know. That's why I was like, I, I was like, Aaron, how does it not get? You see way more movies than I do. Because it tends to week? make sense. It's like, well, people would use things in life they wouldn't but use, it's like, like it's cola. perfectly they placed coke. like it's like it's, yeah <laughs> i understand like it, it's not it's not goofy on term in terms of wayne's world level goofy um which i love that that 10 second uh, well like i mean ideally any art. effective film doesn't make something stand out unless it's supposed to stand sure. out and so if anything i was caught up i'm ca- i'm caught up with the various movies i'm watching that feature product placement because i care more about the actions taking place on screen sure, than of what, course, what they're drinking of course. but my mind always does or my eye does always go to oh well that's very you know delicately placed box of special case cereal in the gifted trailer so and that's anyway. that's subjective perspective. Like that's the only way I can describe it. It is. But uh, anyway, good eye, Terrence. You and I are on the same page there. Yes. Yes, Bing does stand uh, out every single time. I don't. I don't discount yeah. that. <laughs> I was just what like, this been... is not realistic. Like nobody, you know. And I've had two people on Twitter tell me that they use Bing, and it's like two people over a sea of like a thousand people <laughs> who have liked and favorited this tweet. And so I was like, this must, this tells me a lot. <laughs> Quick question, you guys, or you earlier mentioned uh, a Tales from the Crypt episode. Is Does it feel like, until, if I watched this and I get out of it, would it feel like uh, it was something that, that was a story from Tales from the Crypt? I mean, it feels uh-huh. like, it, it could feel like a long entry in some yeah. kind of anthology horror film, but I mean, okay. it feels like its own movie. Like it, okay, cool. Yeah, right. it, no, it does. It's, it's, it could, a, it's it a self-contained film. Yeah. Very, yes. I, Which I liked that. Yes, I mean it being Bloomhouse, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Get Out Two still out. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> there, were, there were some. There were some. Uh, There's some things left open. Yes. Yeah, there were some things left open that I would be interested to see if they could do a I, sequel. If there, if there was more socially conscious material to mine to go along with more of the very plot specific things that take place, sure. I mean, there's where to, there's places to go with it. But yes, it is a it is a self-contained film, which I, I, it's always appreciated in a world where you can franchise everything. Um, but Abe, as far you know, you talk about like Tales of the Crypt. I do like that you know Peel seems to be he he he's done his homework as far as like studying up on other films and what they accomplish. Which again, yeah. I think horror is in such a it's such an interesting place at this point because there's been so many horror films and so many different you know types of genres have not only come and gone but also come back again that. It's again why I don't get bothered by how familiar I am with the circumstances we're going to be presented with, where I can go along with this, just even if I'm going to expect something to happen eventually, just because I can. I understand that it's not like the director isn't aware of this. Also, we talked about like a cure for wellness last week, Abe, and right. that's a film where it's flawed. Obviously, it has its issues, but I also I don't think that like Gore Verbinski's thinking like nobody's ever seen a movie like this before. I think he's thinking people have seen movies exactly like this before, but I'm going to do my take on it. And so I'm happy to go along with Peel, who's making a version of, I mentioned Stepford Wives or Rosemary's Baby, which are movies yeah. about dread, essentially. I mean, that's what, <laughs> I mean, along, along with whatever else is going on in the films. But there is, a, you know, a sense of dread that runs through those, which runs through here, which is what I'm more able to attach myself to, or I'm less concerned with okay. 
something has to happen because I was told so by the opening credits, essentially, where I'm just I'm more of like, I'm going on this journey with this character I met for the first time. And I, I can put away the idea that something needs to happen eventually, just focus on how creepy the things that he's encountering are. Yeah. Which I think yeah, is why it works overall. I mean, I, I I get what you're saying as far as structurally there could be some issues, but I don't. Mm-hmm. You're you're certainly not against the film either. You did appreciate what no. you're doing. Yeah, I definitely I definitely enjoyed it, but I was just kind of like when some things are revealed, I was like, oh, I really wish I had discovered that through his eyes. Um, oh, through through your the protagonist eyes. Protagonist eyes, yeah. yeah. I well, I think it it does make the the key scene involving that opening character all the more effective mm-hmm. that you that you're familiar with him already especially i mean it's interesting how well i mean we're just, okay we're talking about keith stanfield i mean it's sorry yeah I was like, <laughs> you're tiptoeing around i feel like keith stanfield that's I mean, that too i'm picturing in my head it's funny how interesting he stands out at this point where because you know you you see the opening sequence is it's almost like a parody or an homage to trayvon martin situation like that's how it presents him oh and yeah and it's then, very but like the the trailer, Oof. you know, the trailer highlights him later on in the film where he's clean right. shaven and acting very, very awkward. And yes. it's, <laughs> it's interesting how familiar we seem to be with Keith Stanfield at this point, where we we you get and I it. love him. <laughs> yeah, he's great, and yeah, but yes, he the second he shows up, you know, at the at this party, it's like oh god, <laughs> like what in the world? Good to see another brother around here. Yes, of course it is. Something wrong? There you are. Mm. Can you do something with this? Yes, yes. Oh, hello. I'm Philomena, and uh, and you are? Chris, Rose's boyfriend. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. That's nice. Logan, I, I hate to tear you away, dear, but the Wincots were asking about you. Well, it was nice to meet you, Chris. Yeah, it that I, I like that sort of sense of dread that you saw what the the ramifications of the situation would be. Uh, how was the soundtrack or score? Well, Terrence, you mentioned it was creepy. The... It was creepy. Oh, I mean, the soundtrack is great just because they. You know, the second, the, then I think the second song is something in Swahili talking about run. And the yeah. third song is like a particular section from Redbone talking about staying woke. Uh, um, so it's like when the music, when the music pops up, you know, in the beginning, he's sort of guiding you. I, I didn't realize it, but he's sort of guiding yeah. you along a particular way. But yeah, the, the score is pretty creepy. There are sort of, there were some moments where I felt like it was leading and I like sort of when horror movies do this, where it was like leading me to think something scary was going to happen. The music it, cues were doing that. Yeah, but but okay. it doesn't. Yeah. So it's just sort of like now I'm just on edge. So that oh. when the scary thing happens in a bit after that, it's like he's already raised, you know, your pulse really high. It, um, it plays quite well as far as constricting yeah. using the soundtrack, using a lot of like it, it feels very much like like Peel is like he laid out a film. And he deconstructed the things that you know work in various horror movies and don't work in various horror movies, and kind of put it all together to make what this is. And so it, like, what I'm like, because I'm saying, because I, I think it's quite good, but I don't think it's like a new horror classic as some has described. And I think it's because it almost feels too tightly assembled. It feels like it's too workshopped. Um, regardless if it's just you know one one filmmaker that's doing all making all these choices. Obviously, with this team of filmmakers with him, but I mean he's the writer director. Uh, mm-hmm. It it feels like there's 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 little little room for looseness beyond mm-hmm. lines. It feels like it's a very it's not like a not like coming off an assembly line, but it feels like the it's so concerned with you know kind of tightening up all the screws that there, it doesn't let a little bit of that kind of messiness come out that you see in a lot of other ambitious directorial debuts. Yeah, I would agree with that. Which is not a bad thing. It's very slick. It's well made. It's well acted. Yeah. It it just it, it... well and and I you know it it chugs along, which is you know what i'm glad for uh-huh. um in movies like even with the messiness i still feel like we need to be going forward um which in, is a problem with the care for wellness i mean that's a, that's a messy movie and it has a lot going it's two and a half hours yeah so it, it's yeah, yeah yeah so this one is under two and it was yeah i i think that it's very it is very tight i think in 
sort of towards the end, I was grateful for that because it was, you know, it really amped up the tension um, in the third act in terms of of how things were going to go yeah, because but, of how tightly it was done. By the time it gets to its ending, I do feel like I've been through an ordeal and I'm like happy to leave at that point where it's like, okay, yes, we, I was ready. We, we did all this. We're good. Like, we can, we can go. Like I had a fun oh, time man. at all, but it's like, all right, we can leave. <laughs> it's yeah. I, I agree with that. I was like, all right, it, I'm done. <laughs> I will, I will note this. I, I wanted to point this thing uh-huh. out. This is nothing to do with the movie. I look the bloom house production logo with the whole, with their horror films in particular. I like it quite a bit, but I always I always want there to be like a little Whiplash reference in there also, since they have everything else in there. <laughs> since since Whiplash is a Bloomhouse film, I always feel like. Are you talking about like uh when like the 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 room's going crazy? Yeah, the room's going crazy. You on. see like you see like saw stuff or whatever. It's like why oh, is it like okay. Fletcher in the corner just like saying like not my temp, but like just yelling at you? It's like that's part of the logo. <laughs> that should be a part. Of it. <laughs> really set the tone better. These blue house films. But um, all right. With all that said, wh- Terrence, where should people see Get Out? When should people when should people go and see this movie? Like right now. Um, well, af- you know, after the Oscars, which you theoretically watched when you listened to this, <laughs> yeah, they should see it ASAP. See it in the theater. There's one person that's listening to this podcast and like DVR the Oscars. Like, wait, am I want to watch the? No, I'm gonna go see Get Out. Oh, no, watch the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, go go see it as soon as possible. Oh, it's yeah, really I, good. I would uh go say see it in theaters right away. It's uh, it's very it's certainly a strong horror film it has you know things going on within it that are also you know very well handled um, so yeah make the make a double feature with this and i am not your negro have a great night mm. uh, all right let's uh let's move on now let's get to our sponsor real quick today's podcast is brought to you by audible audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks for your iphone android kindle or any kind of mp3 device additionally audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download of your choice with a three thirty day trial membership just go to audibletrial.com slash out now podcast Choose a book to download for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com. Check out the service. If you don't like it, you can get rid of it, but you get to keep that book that you download for free for free, so be a winner. And read. Or listen at audibletrial.com. Slash out now podcast. All right. Let's um, move on to feedback. Feedback, feedback. Feedback. This is where we go over some of our various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com. Out now podcast. We asked uh, our listeners a number of questions, and they provided us answers. They also asked us questions, so we'll try to provide them yeah. answers. And uh, yeah. first question we asked everybody, and and uh, Terrence and Aaron, uh, feel free to to uh, chime in. Favorite directorial debut for horror? Chris writes has to be Sam Raimi for Evil Dead, not counting his shorts. Tyler has James Wan with Saw, and lastly, Philip has uh, S. Craig Zoller with Bone Tomahawk, and some love for Robert Eggers and The Witch. Pretty solid answers there. You guys have anything? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go along with Sam Raimi for Evil Dead. <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrific answer. I was like handheld and like $30 budget. Yeah, wasn't bad. I'll, I'll echo the sentiments of, of The Witch. Robert um, Eggers? Yeah. Because I loved that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw from your list of uh, potentials, like it shows up three times, I think. Yes. It is production phenomenal. Alone. It's a fantastic thing. Yeah. Yeah, the muted colors, and then all of a sudden red. Yeah, it's not bad. Well done. Well thought out. Uh, next question we have. Favorite horror film featuring people who went on vacation or away for the weekend? <laughs> Chris writes American Werewolf in London and Evil Dead. Original, though I thought the 2013 film was a good watch. Justin writes, isn't this most horror movies? He writes Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> Tyler writes Cabin in the Woods. And Philip writes Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Oh. Echo the Cabin in the Woods sentiment. People going away or on vacation in Cabin in the Woods. I mean, yeah, that is a lot of horror movies. Um, it's a lot. It's not all. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not all. <laughs> Some of the horror comes to them. Yeah, I, I, I thought Cabin in the Woods was a pretty particularly inventive of way of, of telling that story. For sure. I mean, I'm a huge Evil yeah. Dead fan, so I mean, yeah. Yeah, I just Evil Evil Dead is. I I like it, but it's so hard for me to get over that tree scene. Yeah, yeah. there's rough stuff that happens in that movie. That's, yeah, it is called. Evil and then when they it. and then when they put it in the remake, I was like, oh, are we doing it again? Like we have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next question we asked everybody: favorite opening to a horror film. Marcus, uh, friend of the show, Marcus writes twenty eight weeks later. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Philip has Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Chris <laughs> <laughs> echoes that with Shaun of the Dead. Tyler has Scream. Justin also has Scream, and Manisha has It Follows. These are solid answers. I mean, no one said Halloween, which I think is a, a 
which is which is yeah pov shot through the mask uh-huh. uh, i'm just thinking about how it follows it just, follows opens with the with the girl coming out of the house just ruined the 360, 360 shot 360 yeah, yeah. One of that was such a good opening but the movie was so awful when- um <laughs> That's something we're going to talk about later, because I definitely want to hear a dissenting opinion. Yeah, but Scream, probably for me, you know, is is the top. Did you watch Scream in theaters? I did not. Okay. Neither did I, and I watched it on VHS, and uh, I was spooked out. So, it's a very I was like, this is not... Sequence. Yeah, I was like, this is not what I was expecting. Drew Barrymore, what? <laughs> Steve, what? <laughs> what just happened to Steve? Next one we have here is a favorite horror film that mixes satire, socially conscious, or meta elements. Uh, Tyler writes the second and third Purge movies are good. To, oh yeah, okay, let me go. Sorry. Tyler writes uh, can never give enough love to the Final Girls. Also, the second and third Purge movies are good too. Just wish the writing was better. James DeMonico can't write dialogue. Philip writes Shaun of the Dead and What We Do in the Shadows. Chris writes The Crazies and Drag Me to Hell. Uh, Amy writes The Cabin in the Woods. Justin writes Scream, and Manish writes Rosemary's Baby. I was getting ready to ask how old we could go back, because, you know, the 70s horror films, like, um, 60s and 70s horror films sort of are that for me, where they, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. uh, Mm -hmm. Night of the Living Dead. Yes, Night of the Living Dead, Last House on the Left type stuff. Solid answers. Next question we asked everybody, who or what are you rooting for for the Oscars, at the Oscars? Philip has Arrival and Kubo to win their nominations, and Dev Patel and Ruth Nega. Uh, Chris writes Moonlight, uh, maybe a British thing, but also I think La La Land is overrated. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Manish has Denzel Washington and also Arrival for anything. Uh, friend of the show, Marcus writes Manchester by the Sea since the Patriots won. So there you Ooh. go. Dude. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler has uh, Moonlight. Since I feel like La La Land is a bit overrated. Jason Oof. writes Kubo, and lastly, Justin writes Kubo. So I was glad to see some Kubo love there from uh, our listeners as well. And also a rival love. Given that this uh, show comes out after the Oscars, we'll see how we'll rewarded see or what? disappointed everybody is with some of these thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so now we get to some questions you guys asked us. Uh, Philip asks, considering the cess both crit- critically and commercially of Makoto Shinkai's Your Name. I'm wondering why it didn't even get an Oscar nomination. It's mainly due to, is it mainly due to the lack of availability to Oscar voters or lack of promotion by its studio or both? I think both is a part of that. I think um, both of it. I feel like it's probably the lack of promotion by its studio. Because um, this is like the number, according to Box Office Mojo, this is a smash hit. It's like number one in the world. Yeah. So it made it's, a lot of money. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, there um, might have been but, another film that um, I would assume Japan submitted for the Academy Award that might also be a factor. Yeah, I was going to. I've never heard of this film. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a Japanese anime movie. And uh, it's it's like I think that's why it's like uh, not geez, as it's as like 331 million. <laughs> yeah, it's going it's going gangbusters. Um, wow. And the, the crazy thing about it is I just don't think that American audiences are into anime films well, it's also as not much here yet i mean that hasn't spread it hasn't come over here yeah it wasn't submitted for uh for uh for, nomination yeah for nomination uh it's uh, it says uh nagasaki memories of my son that's the film that was submitted so anyway uh good question philip and we'll see what happens when it does come out in april in the u.s yeah, see, that's we'll what i'm saying it's not here it's not over here until april like it's, there's no yeah. availability Maybe we'll get nominated next year because that's a question that we had last week which was if it comes out, if it's stamped as 2016 but comes out in 2017, what year does it come out? Well, yeah, it depends on how Japan considers it, I guess. But yeah, given the the massive box office, I wonder if that's a consideration they made at the time or something. Like that. See, um, okay. Well, next question we asked, or next question from Justin for everybody here is: Have you seen a movie you didn't like, and later after watching it, you started to like it? So this is a fun mm. question. Um, there's one answer. There's one answer I tend to have, which is Southland Tales, the Richard Kelly film. Um, where mm-hmm. initially I was not a huge fan of that movie, but I've grown to really enjoy it quite a bit, despite its many, many flaws. Um, it's not something that typically happens with me. I tend to be, even if I am more accepting of a film over time, it certainly doesn't really change my the critical flaws I find with it or what have you. But I also, I feel like it's somewhat, because it feels like I'm being worn down by a film instead of like, it's like <laughs> well, it's okay, fine, whatever. Like, instead of just like appreciating for what it tries to do. 
Um, so there's that, not, I don't have many examples good, offhand. This is a good question because when I don't like a movie that I I have I don't think there's ever been a movie that I haven't liked that I've come back around and been like oh it's enjoyable. There are movies like Arrival when I first saw it I was like that was good but you know whatever. Mm-hmm. And the more that I thought about it and listened to interviews with the screenwriter, the more I was like, that was a pretty great adaptation. So for me, it's like it has to at least be on a good yeah, that's, level. That's if it, if it's bad, it's it's sort of, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, Prometheus is a movie I thought might uh, be able to do that. And then I saw it again and I was like, no, this was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Still no dice. <laughs> and I, see, no. Yeah, I see what you're saying about movies that, you know, you, you already like to begin with, but it can appreciate more over time. Like this, yeah. There's, yeah. There's obviously movies that grow in your mind as far as, you know, if they're actually like a classic to you or what have you. Like Hugo was that way with me. And that was more because my theater experience, well, the first time I saw Hugo, wasn't very good. <laughs> um, and then I, That's a bummer. Yeah, I was cold. I mean, that's the best way I could put it. I, I was cold. Oh, oh, okay. All right. You're physically no, I was cold. physically not feeling well while watching a film, which I think is a very big yeah. factor in you know, determining. Well, you got to bring a sweater with you. Well, at the time it was warm, and then it was cold in that theater. <laughs> so. You got to ask the uh, the dude to turn off the AC or turn off the AC. I agree. I definitely agree with Terrence that movies that tend to already have a, a you know a, a positive experience in my mind, I'll, I'll tend to appreciate much later. I can't really think of an example of one that I didn't like when I watched it and it has grown on me. I mean, I brought up Everybody Wants Some earlier in this in this episode, and when I watched it in theaters, I remember thinking like it's good, and then I watched it again again just maybe like earlier last week. Uh, and it's a lot better than what I remember it to be. So in terms of bad movies, though, or movies that I didn't like, I might have to get back to you on that one, Justin. I might shut it out just randomly during the during the episode here. <laughs> All right. Well, that was on the feedback. Feedback, feedback. Feedback. Let's, uh, let's start wrapping things up here. Let's do a little now, Out Now presents What's Out Now. These are uh, movies that are coming out on Blue Air DVD this week. And we have quite a few here. Um, first up, Doctor Strange. Yeah, see it. See it. I have it. Uh, I have it winning for best visual uh, effects. Ooh. You never know. It's a good app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could. <laughs> Terrence is not giving me a whole lot of confidence here. Anna and I watched The Jungle Book uh, the other day. Uh, I hadn't seen it again since uh, since seeing it the first since seeing it back in April, and that movie is pretty astounding. Looking at all the the, the construction nice. of that film. It, uh, yeah. It, it hasn't stopped. You guys watch the special features? It hasn't stopped impressing. No, I don't have. I don't own it. I, it was it's streaming on Netflix, okay. um, so I haven't seen the special gotcha. features yet. But I mean, it's it's still very impressive. Um, okay. So since this comes out after the Oscars, we can be like, well, of course it won, or we can be like, oh, it's how that been? I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, Moonlight comes out this week. Good movie. Very good. Yeah. Get it the second you can. I, I reviewed the Blu-ray, which has uh, a very good commentary on it. Along with some other uh, interviews from, from Barry Jenkins. Okay. Um, Allied, the Robert Zemeckis World War II film. Did not see it. It kind of went out of theaters very quickly. Yeah, it's uh, it's fine. Is the overall okay. takeaway? Uh, Rules don't apply. This is the Warren Beatty film about Howard Hughes. Uh, I've heard mixed things about it. I heard like there's three separate storylines, and some of them are stronger than others. I I overall. I... What what were you saying, Terrence? I said I haven't heard a single good thing about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I overall liked it just enough, but it's it's not. It, it has a lot going on when it could pare things down a bit. Let's see, Shut In. This movie came out. It's like some horror movie of Naomi Watts that came out random. And uh, what's your, what's his name from Room? Uh, Jacob Tremblay. that came out like last year for like a week. And it's like where did this come from? And then it left. It came out for a week, like in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I, that's the last I don't movie. remember hearing about this movie. The, I like I saw it's like what's being released this week that it's like what is that you see some random trailer for a movie you never heard of and then you never hear about it again but it comes out of Blu-ray this week it was on the list so there you go good job Jacob Tremblay <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> the uh, the Raid collection if you don't have the Raid and the Raid two there's now a fancy box that Sony has put both of those movies in so there you go nice yeah. uh, let's see on Shout Factory this week speaking of anthology horror films Dead Time Stories uh, that's a uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an older one that I, I'm curious if people are fans of, but I think I believe we uh, reviewed it on uh, Why So Blue. I think Brandon Peters handled that mm-hmm. one. And uh, lastly, the Before trilogy is now available on Criterion Collection. Are you going to pick it up? I was hoping I get to review it, but no. If it doesn't come, I'll just wait till the next like, 50% <laughs> off sale on Barnes and Noble or whatever. But uh, no, that's oh. certainly one that I would look forward to getting. Yeah, the Before trilogy. Speaking of Richard Linklater, by the way. 
Yeah. Terrence, are you a fan of uh, the Before Trilogy? This is like my link later blind spot. I haven't seen any of them. No. Much like a lot of Richard Linklater movies are just people talking about life. Yeah, but I'm excited that Criterion is is doing them. Um, yeah, you get to look at, you get to see them in like the best way possible. <laughs> <Criterion>. Yeah. <laughs> what does what does Criterion add to it? Does it just like well, they, punch up the they get director and sometimes cinematographer approved transfers on the film, so they're gonna look better than ever. They very occasionally get new um, new uh, audio tracks for them, so they'll sound better than ever. Um, there's yeah. also generally a bevy of new special features, from interviews to retrospectives to previously unseen behind-the-scenes footage and also always accompanying essays that come with the in the case um, so it's okay <laughs> essays yeah uh, like essays written by film historians or film critics about the film uh-huh. just another little wow. supplement i mean it, it, when you're when you're part of the criterion collection they treat you well <laughs> so an exclusive club yeah I'm sure. you get you get armageddon and you get the before trilogy so there you go <laughs> Armageddon is on the Criterion? Armageddon and The Rock are part of their Criterion collection. Yeah, they are. Well, I guess, I guess you know, Michael Bay and Bruce Willis had something going in, for in Armageddon. Addition, in addition to um, to every Kurosawa film, Ozu's films, and what have you, you also have uh, Michael Bay's The so Rock. There's no, real, there's no real, like, rhyme or reason. It's just like, there is, okay, there's generally a rhyme or reason. Enough. No, I think it's more because Touchstone had, like, a... Uh, a thing with Criterion for a while, which is why you got a, you got a lot of early. I mean, you get all of the Wes Anderson films, but you also got some of the you know the uh, some of the other Wes Anderson films uh, and other um, titles that you wouldn't see coming, like Armageddon and The Rock in there. There is a rhyme. I mean, The Rock, I can see. It makes sense to me. The Rock, I can see. Yeah. That's why. I, that's why I only pointed out Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon. yeah they've got they've gotten away from that. Yeah, that bit, that doesn't though. happen. Yeah, you don't generally. That get doesn't happen anymore. Kind of like, why is that here? Kind of films in there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you have Mark Curry in Armageddon making fun of a Japanese woman who wants to go shopping in the first 10 minutes. Mr. Cooper. <laughs> All right. That was that number. That was that now. Let's move on. Let's get to extremely cool. These are things that are now uh, streaming on Netflix. Because it's a new month, you tend to get like a lot of like new ones in on Netflix mm-hmm. along with things right. that go out. So we got a lot of classics here. Uh, Blazing Saddles, Memento, Midnight in Paris, This is Spinal Tap, and Kung Fu Panda. That's a lot of great uh, great movies. Also, yeah. Sausage Party is apparently now streaming on Netflix. Okay, well, maybe I'll watch it now that it's streaming on Netflix. So that's there. Um, all right. Uh, next week. Next week's show, we're going to talk Logan. That's the that's the plan for this week. Um, oh, man. It's starting. All the good movies are going to start coming out. I'm, I'm excited. I've been getting good movies. It's been a good February. I got a Lego, you more than I. I got a Lego Batman movie and a John Wick movie. And, yeah, and, and then to follow it up with like a cure for wellness, though. which I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, I think it was okay. And like, get out. Right. That's true. It's, it's camel. It's camel backing right now. It's up and down. For me, it's been a pretty consistent February as far as getting satisfying <laughs> genre <laughs> films. But yes, we'll talk a little okay. bit next week. That's the plan. Last thing we do here: what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Terrence Johnson, what should people see in theaters right now? You must see Get Out, ASAP. And what do I want to see next? That's a good question because I don't. I'm not really here for Logan or uh, King Kong, which is around the corner. I, I mean, I guess Logan. Just everybody saying it's really good, and you know, it's Hugh Jackman's last time. So I guess I'll go with yeah, that. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta hang up the closet. And, and Patrick Stewart's last time. Uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart's last. Time. You know, what, did you see the 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 post that somebody put on on Twitter? It was like, how long was this interview where it was like Hugh Jackman? Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy sitting on uh, Graham Norton's couch, and then Hugh Jackman, um, Ian McKellen, and Patrick Stewart in the same order that they were in. Oh, so it was like okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they were there for super long. Yeah, so I, I guess Logan. <laughs> I'll go with Logan. Yeah. Abe, what should people see in theaters right now? From what you guys had said about Get Out, I would say Get Out. And if you haven't seen Get Out or you want a family-friendly movie, you should watch the Lego Batman movie. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for for Logan. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say get out. And as I said, I am not your Negro. I think that'd make a solid double feature right there. Um, mm-hmm. And I like to cure for wellness. And since it did terribly at the box office, I would certainly support seeing a cure for wellness in theaters because <laughs> you can get more crazy original movies like that in theaters if you go see it. And the next thing I'm seeing is uh, the uh, Before I Fall, the uh, the Groundhog's Day type movie, as far as people repeating a time over and over again. Which I've heard good things about. Who's in it? What's in it? The one from um, Everybody Wants Some. 
Yeah, the lead. Uh, uh, Leah, whatever. Leah Thompson's daughter? Is it Leah Thompson? Who's the one from Back to the Future? Yeah, and back to, yeah, Leah Thompson in Back to the Future. Leah Thompson's daughter. Okay. That's her daughter? Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> Small world in acting. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now Theron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews over there. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Follow me at Oakley Doakley at Instagram and also uh, twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag Teen Wolf Level Foolish. Thanks, Terrence. <laughs> I, I laughed a lot at that one. I was like, that's a great that's a great line. Terrence Johnson, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you can find me at littlewildtour.net, L-E-N-O-I-R-A-U-T-E-U-R.net um, on Twitter. And I'm writing for Screen Rant now. Woo! You can find me there as well. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Theron and Abe on iTunes as well as on Audioboom. Listen to our old episodes over at HHWLOD, SoundCloud, and Podomatic. Uh, feel free to email us any thoughts you had on Get Out or anything else we talked about today over at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, send us plenty of gifts of various Jordan Peele skits over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, Terrence, thanks for joining us today to talk. Uh, get out. Terrence, right. thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun for sure. And uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's because we're like we're this is coming out after the Oscars, so I'm so curious like what happened <laughs> this time. But we'll, <laughs> we'll find out soon enough in the show that you presumably heard already since we recorded it after the show, but before the show comes out. So <laughs> if that's not confusing enough, next week we're talking about the man who was cursed to live forever, who has claws and a metal skeleton, and yet still looks like Hugh Jackman. So there you go with that. And until at that time, that's going to do it for this episode. So until then, so long. And goodbye. Listen, I said, report and live from your neighbor's home. Say the charm, this is useless as your camera phone. Carry on as you said, on. Tapping my methods, piss you off, I'm still superior, naturally. All, all you get is faction, still you coming back to me. This time with the faculty, no, this time put them straps on me. Okay, say I'm nervous now, service with a smile. Is it working while you working on me? Perfect, can't get out. I opened up your daughter's eyes, no longer are you proud. Observing individual, but man, I love my loud. You hate all my nuances on the low. You love my style Furthermore, I think it's envy That you can't figure me out Go ahead and sick. Eat it up and digest Take a little guy flesh Killing me, but I flex Either which way, escape huh? This is motivation Scary yourself, but I know I'm gonna make it out Yes, living hell, living hell placement in this movie was like teen wolf level foolish but it was okay because i was like (laughs) you got the money to make your movie and that's all right